John chapter 4, verse 25. Verse 25. Hallelujah. Many of you are familiar with this story. That's why I'm jumping all the way to verse 25. We're going to deal with the part that perhaps you're not so familiar with. Amen. Hallelujah. If you know John chapter 4, and you know your Bible well, you know it's the story about a woman called the Samaritan woman. Amen. But I want to jump all the way to verse 25. Hallelujah. I want to read a few scriptures to you today. I read in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says it so. The woman, the woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Woo. I'm what you've been waiting for. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I have ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Jesus, Jesus hadn't eaten. Which means to me that he was probably fasting. And he had gone a long time and they were urging him, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Woo, God, help me in here. I have a food that's unfamiliar to you. Therefore said the disciples one to another, have any man brought him to eat? They didn't understand what he said. They thought he ate already. And somebody else must have brought him some food. So they asked the question, did somebody bring him food? And Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Oh God, and to finish his work. So, oh God, here, get to this right here. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, they are white already to harvest. Look at somebody real quick and say, it's harvest time. Say it again like you mean it. It's harvest time. Woo. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Watch this. And herein is that Satan true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Oh, God. Who is God talking to in here? Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Oh, wow. And so I want to talk to you again very quickly under the subject, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. How many of you believe it in here? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, add blessing to your word. Minister to your people. Look at every heart and every mind that's in this place, Lord God. Let the seed fall on good ground. And let it penetrate every heart 
in this place today so that your people would leave edified and uplifted by the power of the spoken word. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. Woo, God, have mercy. Can I just begin by making a statement in here? I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that it is God's will for you to experience increase. I said that it is God's will for you to have increase. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? No teacher teaches students without the hope of the students gaining increase. No teacher will teach a student without the hope of the student, any real teacher anyway, gaining, hallelujah, the knowledge necessary that would help them in the future lead successful lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the things that I want to submit to you very quickly, hallelujah, it is, is that it is God that gives increase. Just in case you didn't know that, hallelujah, it is God who gives increase. Can I show you another scripture? Show me 1 Corinthians, hallelujah, chapter 3 and verse number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 4. You guys ready to get in God's word today? If you haven't been eating, you should be hungry for some manna from heaven. Amen, somebody. That's not to say that you're not hungry for that other stuff, but that stuff has to wait. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Listen to this text. Hallelujah. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another said, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Paul is upset at the church of Corinth, and he's saying, what's wrong with y'all? Somebody saying, I belong to Paul. Somebody said, I belong to Apollos. Another said, I belong to Christ. And Paul is upset because they're putting Apollos and Paul on the same level with Christ. And Paul said, no. Look at the next verse. He said, who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Next verse. I have planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It is God who gives increase. Let me see the next verse. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither, you know, just in case we think we some such and such. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Let me see the next verse. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. And I'm going to leave that right there, hallelujah. But I want to just submit to you very quickly, hallelujah, that the one who plants, amen, and the one who waters are on the same plane. And they cannot be compared to the one who gives the increase. And so again, increase comes from God, and I believe that it is God's will for you to experience increase. Amen, somebody. Now, can I help you in here? Everything starts or begins with a seed. You got to understand this, hallelujah. Everything begins with the seed. Listen, you are a seed. And let me just help you understand that a little bit more. When a seed is planted... 
When a seed is planted, hallelujah, understand, glory to God, that to be planted is destiny concealed. The destiny is in the seed. When the seed is planted on the ground, that is destiny concealed. When you get to the place of increase, that is destiny revealed. Oh God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Planted, destiny concealed. Increase, harvest is destiny revealed. Listen, you plant the seed knowing that underground is not its final destination. I said you plant the seed knowing that beneath the surface is not its final destination. You plant the seed with the hopes that what you put down in the ground eventually is going to spring up and it's going to come back up. And it's going to come back up different than the way it went down. Oh, God, have mercy in here. I wonder if I got anybody in here that can testify already, that can already give God a little praise, hallelujah, for the things that God has been doing in their life, hallelujah. But watch this now. Somewhere between destiny concealed and destiny revealed, there is something we like to call in agriculture watering. Watering. Uh, which leads me to my first point. Put my first point up on that screen very quickly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Watering is essential for seed to reach its potential. I just realized that rhymed. Water is essential for seed to reach its potential. Can I submit to you that watering is the last step before increase? I said, watering is the last step before increase. And watering is where this house is at. God, help me in here. If you were here on New Year's, New Year's Day, I preached a message called the tipping point. And, and I told you that when you're at the tipping point, what that means, hallelujah, is that you are at a place, hallelujah, where what's coming is irreversible. It's inevitable, hallelujah, the tipping point. I gave you an illustration just to recap real quick because I want you to catch this. Uh, I gave you the illustration of, of kids playing in a water park, hallelujah. And if you've ever taken your kids to an amusement park, hallelujah, they often have a nice water park section. In that water park section, uh, while they're going down slides, hallelujah, and playing in sprinklers, there's usually this huge bucket. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The huge bucket, hallelujah. They're, while the kids are playing, that bucket is being filled, hallelujah. And while they're playing, it just continues to be be filled until that bucket gets to a place we call the tipping point. When that bucket gets to the tipping point, hallelujah, the children, I don't know how, instinctively start running, hallelujah, towards the bucket to get under it, hallelujah, so that they can receive the outpouring of that which is irreversible, of that which is coming down. And we preached, hallelujah, on New Year's that the water is coming down. And, and when it comes down, we said that it was going to come down 
really fast. And we talked about the tipping point, and we said, hallelujah, oftentimes if you have to lift the thing, uh, you have to put in energy and you have to put in effort. But if you lift something, and I gave the illustration of a car, and you get it to right around here somewhere, you hit the tipping point. Once you hit the tipping point, hallelujah, then the thing that was working against you all of a sudden starts to work for you. And then all of a sudden it starts to come down much faster than what it took to get it up. That is the tipping point. And that is where we are. Oh, God. We are under the water. God, help me in this place. I gave you an illustration, hallelujah, at the wedding of Cana in John chapter 2. You remember that story? It is the place where Jesus does his first miracle. Ain't that something? Jesus does his first miracle at a wedding. Because, and let me just submit to you that he still does miracles in marriages. I said he still does miracles in marriages. That ain't got nothing to do with what I'm preaching. I just felt like throwing that out there. Hallelujah. But he does. Amen. To make a long story short, hallelujah, they, they hit a, 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 a crisis. They ran out of wine. And, and without getting too deep into the story, because I already did, hallelujah, understand that the wine is significant. It's, it stands for joy, number one. And it also stands for the blood of Jesus. And it's deeper than you think. But at the same time, I will say that in those days, the parties went on for seven days. You got married? It wasn't just five hours at a nice place. It, it was seven days of celebration. And if you ran out of food and if you ran out of beverages, uh, the host would be embarrassed. And it would look really bad on that family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. That was their crisis. Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to Jesus and says something very powerful. She says, hey, do something about this. And Jesus looked at her and gave her a theological answer and said, mine hour has not come yet. And Jesus, Jesus said, my hour has not come yet. In other words, it ain't time. In other words, this is not scheduled from right, for right now, woman. Amen? And then she took her eyes off of him, looked at the disciples and says, whatever he tells you to do next, do it. And we understand that, hallelujah. And we, and we, we already learned that what that meant was that her faith accelerated the process. It was not time, but her faith took time out of the equation. Woo. And something that was not scheduled came on schedule. In other words, hallelujah, there is a faith that will bring about unscheduled blessings. I wonder if that kind of faith exists in the room today. I wish I had somebody in here who said, I ain't got time to wait. I've been waiting long enough and I've been going around this mountain long enough and I need for God to do something in my life and I need him to do it. I need him to do it right now. God is amazing. And to make a long story short, hallelujah, Jesus then says, watch this, get the water pots, six water pots, fill them with water. Talking about water still. Fill them with water, hallelujah, until you fill them to the brim. Fill them all the way till they get to the tipping point. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then to make a long story short, he told one of the men, draw from the water and give to the governor that is at the wedding. Hallelujah. And so could you imagine this, this, takes, kind of, this, this takes boldness because it's water. I'm looking at it. We fill this with water. It's water. And they're expecting wine. And you want me to draw water and give it to the governor? And so, the great thing is that they obey. Uh, obedience is still God's MO. Let me help you in here. They obeyed. And I don't know when it happened, 
But somewhere between drawing the water and giving it to the king, water became wine. And what I love about the story is that God took the process out of the equation because in essence God said we ain't got time because of the pending crisis we ain't got time to, to grow the grapes come on somebody to, to, to let the grapes ferment uh, to go through the process of crushing the grapes hallelujah and so he removed the process and they went from water to wine in a moment from water to wine from from oh God from not seeing it to seeing it in a moment, from water to harvest, in a moment, because water is the last step before a harvest, and God has a way of taking time out of the question. Something I didn't give you then, let me give it to you now because it's not even in my notes, but it just hit me. Hallelujah. There's a woman in the Bible. Uh, the Bible refers to her as the Seraphonician woman. And she has a daughter, if I'm not mistaken, that's vexed with the devil. And she comes to Jesus and she says, help my daughter. And Jesus looks at this woman and says, it is not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. Now, where I, came, where I come from, you don't get away with calling a woman A dog. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? You just don't get away with that. Not where I come from anyway. How, are you hearing what I'm saying? And Jesus said, it's not me for me to give the children's bread. What he was saying is, what I'm carrying, this good food that I got right now is not scheduled for you. Because you're a Gentile and you're not a Jew. And right now, my purpose is to bring the good news to the Jew. It's going to come to you later, but it's not scheduled for now. And she looked at him. She didn't get offended like most of us would. She didn't get offended. She didn't howl at him. She didn't get mad. She said, yeah, you're right. But even the dogs get to eat from the crumbs that fall off the master's table. And Jesus was so moved by what she said that he said, go, your daughter is healed. <laughs> Woo! And even though it was not time, her faith took time out of the equation and her faith accelerated the process. Do I got faith in the room today? Woo! My God. Her faith brought about an unscheduled blessing. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. On another occasion, hallelujah, a centurion man, a centurion man, hallelujah, comes to Jesus and says, my servant is sick. Hallelujah. I need you to do something. And Jesus, hallelujah, looking around at the people that are with him, hallelujah, he said, well, I figure uh, I always end up going to somebody's house, so let me just go to your house and heal him. And this man, as Jesus tells him, okay, let's go. He looks at Jesus and says, you ain't got to come to my house. God, have mercy in here. Uh, and in essence, can I paraphrase? Uh, you journeying to my house would take time. My servant is really sick. And we ain't got the luxury of time. Just speak the word. Just speak the word only. And my servant 
will be healed. Oh, God. And Jesus turned around. Now, I want you to notice, Seraphonician woman, Gentile. Centurion, Gentile. We're not necessarily believers. And they are exemplifying greater faith than those that profess to believe. Jesus looked back and said, did y'all hear that? I haven't seen faith like that in all of Israel. God, are you hearing what I'm saying? And then he said, go, your servant is healed. And if you know that story like I do, he ran home. When he got home, his servant was healed. But that wasn't enough for him. He asked the other servants in the house, what time was it when my servant got healed? And they told him. And then the Bible says it was at the exact time Jesus said, go. Oh, God, help me in here. In other words, hallelujah, faith took time out of the equation. There is no distance with faith. Do I got that kind of faith? In the room on today, hallelujah. Oh, God, help me in here. Water is essential for the seed to reach its potential. It is the transition point between what's concealed and what is revealed. Without watering. The seed will dry up underground and remain concealed. Without water, your destiny will dry up and you will never see it coming to fruition. Some of you need to praise God, hallelujah, for the people that God used to plant seeds in you and to water that seed. My God, you missed a real good place to praise. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. Oftentimes in your Bible, you're going to hear God speak. Oh, my God. You're going to hear God speak in agricultural terms. Amen? Agriculture. From the very beginning, when God began to create, he's such a good leader, he works himself out of a job immediately. That's what good leadership does, by the way. Amen? So watch this. When he creates, the Bible says every living thing that he creates in Genesis, check it out for yourself, he creates with a seed within itself. So that the process can continue and each living thing can continue to reproduce after its own kind. So when God makes an a, a, a apple tree, he put the seed within itself so that he don't have to continue saying, let there be another apple tree. And let there be another apple tree. And let there be another apple tree. He made one tree, put the seed within itself so that the, oh God, so that the process can continue. Oh, God. And every kind produce after its own kind. You can't put in the ground apple seeds and get a papaya tree. That's not going to happen. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Me and my wife are Latino. All my kids? Can I say? Ain't none of them got blonde hair. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The seed repeat. You are a seed. When God made man, he made one man. He only got his hands dirty one time. Oh, God. And after he made the one man, hallelujah, the woman came from the man. And every child from henceforth came from the woman and the man. Because God put the seed in the man. Oh, God, are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Are you blessed in here? 
And so oftentimes in the Bible, you're going to hear God speak in agricultural terms, hallelujah, uh, so that he doesn't have to keep creating. In essence, what happens now is that we procreate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah, Jesus. And the continuing of the process is predicated on the discovery of seed. Everything begins with the seed. You hear him saying in Genesis things like, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be cold and heat, summer, winter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And seed time and harvest. Amen. And if summer and winter still exist and cold and heat exists and night and day exist, then seed time and harvest is still happening. Are you blessed in here? Another place in the Bible says, lest a grain of wheat fall into the ground, it abides alone. If it's not planted, hallelujah, if it does not, but if it dies, it says, I'm sorry, if it dies, it bears much fruit. Can I help you in here? You were planted. You better praise God. Let me say it one more time. You were planted. Oh, God. If I had time, I'd take you to Luke 12. That's homework for you. That's fasting homework. Luke chapter 12. Hallelujah. You read the story in Luke chapter 12 where it is the owner of the vineyard who takes the shrub and then plants it in his vineyard. And he plants it in its vineyard, in his vineyard, with the purpose of the, of the shrub increasing and producing fruit. In other words, I didn't bring you over into my vineyard just so you could take up space. I didn't bring you into my vineyard so you could stay the way you are. I brought you into my vineyard, planted you so that you could increase. Will God have mercy in this place? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You were planted. You didn't get here by mistake. You ain't no coincidence, hallelujah, and you ain't just, hallelujah, the result of your mama and your daddy who started dating, hallelujah, and ended up drinking a chocolate shake and sipping it out of the same straw. That's not, hallelujah, God chose them, hallelujah, used them to bring you in. When you came in, you came in with purpose, hallelujah. You didn't find God. Because God wasn't lost. You were lost. God found you. You didn't choose God. The Bible said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Hallelujah. I picked you. Oh, you ought to want to praise him. Hallelujah. Because he could have picked somebody else. There's plenty of people that are probably smarter and better. Hallelujah. But he chose you. I don't know why he chose me, but you can believe that I'm going to praise him for the rest of my days for making me one in a number. He chose me. He chose me and he planted me. And he planted me for increase. Somebody shout increase. Woo. It was good that I was afflicted. It was good that I was planted. It didn't feel good, but it was good. I didn't like it, hallelujah, but it was good. Oh, God, does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I didn't like the idea of finding me in a dark place, hallelujah, because when you're a seed in the ground, hallelujah, it's dark in there. I didn't like the idea of finding myself different times in my life in a dark place, hallelujah, where I had my eyes open and still couldn't see. But God began to teach me in that dark place that the just shall live by faith and not by sight. Woo, hallelujah. So while I didn't feel good, I began to realize that it was good for me. Oh, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. 
Oh, God, help me in here. I want to submit to somebody in this place. Every time you go through a dark place, remember you've been planted, not buried. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, that was my second point. Did I ever put it up there? Put my second point up there. I don't already got ahead of myself. Hallelujah. You are not being buried. You are being planted. There's a difference between being buried and being planted. Hallelujah. Now, I will submit that both of them are going to require digging. And both of them are going to require that you go in the ground. And both of them, hallelujah, in both of them you will find yourself, hallelujah, concealed. But when you bury a body, you bury it, hallelujah, to do away with the body. When you plant, God help me in here, when you plant a seed, you plant the seed, hallelujah, in hopes that the seed will not stay in the ground, but that the seed will come back out of the ground and that the seed will be better or greater than it was when it went in the ground. Oh, God, are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In other words, I may be underground right now, and I might not have all the direction that I need, and I might not be seeing clearly right now. Hallelujah. But I'm not buried in this mess. Hallelujah. I am planted. And if you just give me a little while, hallelujah, in a little while, I'm going to come up. And when I come up, you ain't even going to recognize me because I'm going to look different than the way I came in. Hallelujah. Because in the middle, when he watered me, I was transformed. If you've been transformed, hallelujah, take about 15 seconds and give God some praise for his transforming power. I was in there. While I was in there, I was going through a metamorphosis, hallelujah. While I was in that dark place, I was getting stronger. I was getting better, hallelujah. And when I came up, I came up stronger. And I came up looking better than I've ever did. Woo, look at somebody real quick and say, I'm coming up, I'm coming up. Psalm 126 and verse 6. God, Psalm 126 and verse number 6. Watch this. He that goeth forth. Anybody progressing? It doesn't say he that's going backwards. He that goeth forth. Watch this. And weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless. Ooh, you better hear that right there. I like that word. Doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with me. Ooh, make no mistake. If you see me with tears in my eyes carrying a bag of seed, before it's all said and done, I will doubtless come again. Rejoicing, having my harvest with me. Oh, God, have mercy. That'll preach all by itself. Key word there, weeping. Weeping produces water. God, help me in here. We're still talking about watering. Weeping produces water. Can I tell you something your Bible says about your tears? My Bible says in the book of Revelation that God catches every tear. You don't hear what I'm saying. Every tear, watch this, in a vial. And if you read the Psalms, the Psalmist David will let you know also that your tears are actually, watch this, watering your purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what you need to understand, hallelujah, is that although it didn't feel good when you were going through it, hallelujah, when you were crying, 
You didn't even know it, hallelujah, but you were watering your own destiny. You were watering your own dream. Oh, God, have mercy in here. You were watering your own purpose. Are you blessed in here, church? Mm, my God. Those who are carrying precious seed, you will cry. And you will go through for the seed of God that you carry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that seed is precious. But, God help me in here. He will see you through. See, here's the problem. We don't like this. We don't like this because we don't like destiny concealed. We don't like the dark place. We like destiny revealed. We like destiny revealed. And, uh, you know, it is because of that that most often people make some huge mistakes. Can I preach it like I feel it? It is because of things like that, hallelujah, that you'll have a man or a woman Go after a man or a woman that's already married. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we like the idea of a finished product without the process. We do, we do, we do. We do. We, we don't like to wait. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? But watch this. It's not until you witness an acorn become a tall, strong oak tree that you'll be able to appreciate how tall it stands because you had to be there when you saw how low it was. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. And so watch this. I'm saying that, hallelujah, because I want to make sure that you don't misunderstand me tonight. When I talk about God removing time or the process out of the equation, I don't want you to make the mistake, hallelujah, to lose the appreciation factor. When God calls you to reap what somebody else sowed, and you don't have to go through the process except reap it. But the text we read in 1 Corinthians lets us know that between the one that sows and the one that reaps, there is no difference. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And so if you've been called to reap, praise God, but don't lose the appreciation factor when God speeds things up and does a quick work in you. Oh, God, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. Sometimes it's good to have to fight your way up. I say sometimes it's good to have to fight your way up. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Hallelujah. Hmm. I wish I can illustrate this. Hallelujah but I do not want to pour water on this rug. But watch this. Uh, we're still talking about watering. Elijah is considered one of the greatest prophets in your Bible. Amen? This is the guy who brought fire down from heaven. He is considered the mentor, and he now has a student named Elisha. Similar name, but different. Elijah is the mentor. Elisha is the mentee. Are you hearing what I'm saying? While Elisha, the student, is following the man of God, the Bible says he only did one thing. Again, I'm only saying this so that when God speeds things up, you don't lose the appreciation factor. Amen? Watch this. So all Elisha does for, the, for a long duration of Elijah's ministry is that he pours water on his hands. 
and he pours water on his hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what Elisha did not understand is that from a spiritual perspective, let me just say that pouring water on his hands meant that he was serving him. That's what that meant. It meant he was serving him. Every time he poured water on the man of God's hands, he was serving the man of God. What he did not know, because he could not see at the time, is that while he was pouring water on the hands of the man of God, spiritually speaking, the man of God was pouring water back on him. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. And every time, hallelujah, he served him and poured water on his hands, spiritually the man of God was pouring water back on him. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. It is a picture. It is a picture of when the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Watch this. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. In other words, you get it back. With increase. Come on, somebody. You get it back with increase. Jesus, in essence, is saying, there's no way you're going to serve me, and I'm not going to serve you. Oh, God, help me in here. And when you serve me, hallelujah, with your portion, I'm going to serve you with my portion. Hallelujah. Watch this. The student served him with one portion, but the man of God, in return, gave him a double portion. Are you in this place, church? And if you look at the story very carefully, it's almost like we're comparing waters. Yeah, yeah, it's like we're comparing waters. Hallelujah. The prophet Elijah is saying, you give me from the water that you have, and I'll give you from the water that I have. I'm waiting for, it, for that to hit somebody's belly. Hallelujah. Watch this. You give me from the water that you have, and I'll give you from the water that I have. That'll take you right back to John chapter 4, because I ain't lost. Because that's exactly what happened at the well. Uh, Jesus told this woman, you give me from the water that you have. And I will give you from the water that I have. And when you drink the water that I have, you'll never thirst again. Because if you serve me, hallelujah, I'm going to serve you. And when I give it to you, I'm going to give it to you with increase. If you're blessed in here, give God praise. Come on, if you're really blessed, give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. He's talking to this woman. They're having a conversation about water. Hallelujah. But from a spiritual perspective, it's really a conversation about worship. Because if any, anybody in here knows, like I know, when the praises go up, I said, when the praises go up, blessings come down. And when you learn how to worship God the way he deserves to be worshipped, he will open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. You'll be walking around like David. My cup runneth over. Oh, God, help me in here. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. I got two minutes to finish this sermon. Oh, God. She told him, give me that water that you have. And he said, woman, I am that water. Ooh. And the Bible says that she left her water pot. In other words, I don't need that other water. 
I don't need, hallelujah, to depend on this hole in the earth to satisfy me no more. I'm tired of coming to this here well. Every time I draw from the water of this world, it leaves me thirsty. And I run out and I got to keep coming back. But I just had some water. And that's where this church is at right now. Hallelujah. You don't hear what I'm saying. I just had some water that made me drop my water pot. In that water pot is the residue of her past. But after one moment with Jesus, hallelujah, her past went out the window. God, any man. How many of you know he'll do that to the past? Hallelujah. My God, he'll eradicate it. Not only will he forgive you from your past, he will remember it no more. I'll throw it in a sea called the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. I'll throw it as far as the east is from the west. I got to go. Put my third point up there. I only have four. I only have four. You don't reap with the same tools you sowed with. Oh, God. Anybody know something about gardening? I don't. I have to study. God knows, hallelujah, how many times I tried to get the grass in my house green. I don't have a green thumb. Amen. So I had to study. Amen. But here's what I learned. You don't reap with the same tools you sowed with. In the sowing stage, you use certain kind of tools. When you get to the reaping stage, where you're about to come gather the harvest, you got to change your tools. Oh, God, have mercy. I said you have to change your tools. And since you're being watered, which is the last step before harvest, before you reap, you got to change your tools. If you used a plow or a shovel, I don't care what you use, to make that hole in the ground, to plant, that is not what you use when it comes time to reap. Oh, God, have mercy in here. And in the same way it goes in the natural, it goes in the spiritual. Let me go back to Psalm 126. I ain't finished with that. Psalm 126 and verse 6. Hallelujah. says, he that goeth forth, weeping. That's the key word I said. Weeping is a spiritual tool for sowing. Some of us, I wish I had somebody in here, have had to sow in tears. Who am I talking to in this place? Hallelujah. You've had to sow in tears. You've been through some stuff. God help me in here. Uh, because in the planting process, listen, you got to prepare the soil. I ain't even got time to get all into because I'm still dealing with watering. But before watering, you got to prepare the soil. The soil. That means, hallelujah, that you got to get some tools that are going to plow the ground and that ground is hard and that ground has rocks in other words you deal with some hard things and dealing through those hard things as you try to progress through life will make tears come out your eyes and some of you have had to go forth the good thing is you're still going forth weeping Carrying precious seed. And watch this. If you've done that, here's the promise, hallelujah. You shall doubtless, God help me 
in this. You shall doubtless. Can I help you in here? You cannot have doubt. I said you cannot have doubt. You could have other people believing in you. But you got to believe in this thing for yourself. Somebody shout, I can do this. Oh, God, hallelujah. And watch this. If others don't believe in you, don't sweat it. I said, and if others don't believe in you, don't sweat it. Hallelujah. Because their unbelief is not going to make the word of God of no effect in your life. In other words, hallelujah, God's not giving it to you because they believed. God's giving it to you because you believed. Do I got anybody who believes in here? Oh, God, hallelujah. So watch this. Weeping is a spiritual sowing tool. But watch this. The person who has done that shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Rejoicing, watch this, having his harvest with him or having his sheaves, the King James says, with him. Rejoicing is a spiritual reaping tool. Oh, you better catch what I'm saying in here. Are you catching me? Weeping is a sowing tool. Rejoicing is a reaping tool. Mm. And if you can catch that, you would understand why the devil fought you so hard in 2016. Because the devil knows himself that you, if you are, watch this, if you are not doubtless, if you are doubting, you can't reap a harvest. And the devil also know that without joy, you can't reap a harvest. So what he determines is, I'm going to make you keep crying. So that, hallelujah, you never see your harvest. Because watch this. When the woman at the well left her water pot, what you need to understand is that leaving her water pot represents her coming to the end of her tears. And if you don't ever get to the place where you come to the end of your tears and get you a new tool and get you some rejoicing, hallelujah, you will never see your harvest. God, help me in here. You're not going to see your harvest if you keep crying. The apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press forward. If I can't forget what's behind me, I can't press forward. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us can't move forward because we're too full of our past. You have no room for your future. And so you got to empty yourself. Are you in this place? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Let me close. Number four. Put it up there. I got to wrap it up. God has a mystery food <laughs> that can expand your vision. I said God has a mystery food that can expand your vision. Ooh, God, help me in here. Let me go back to chapter four and give you a little bit on this story and then I'll close. Watch this. Jesus gets to Samaria. He's in a city or on the outskirts of a city named Sakar. And watch this, hallelujah. His disciples say, listen, we're wearied from the journey, so we're going to go out and get some food. 
right? And all of them go, and Jesus stays behind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus told the disciples, I must go through Samaria. Amen? And so he goes to Samaria, and he ends up at this well. And here is this woman at this well. Hallelujah. Now, to make a long story short, the men come back, and they see Jesus talking to this woman, and they are surprised because she is a Samaritan. And in that day, Jews did not have dealings with Samaritans. They were considered unclean. They were considered a cult. And you didn't have any dealings with her. And then even in that day, a rabbi was not supposed to be talking to a woman alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So they're surprised that she's a Samaritan. And they're surprised that he's talking to her alone. And Jesus is dealing with their religiosity. Because Jesus is not about religion. He's about relationship. God, help me in here. And, and they're having a hard times because this is the reality. And I wish I had at least three amens after I said this. One of the hardest things to get rid of are the first things you were taught. And Jesus is trying to expand their vision. He's trying to let them know, hallelujah, I have a ministry for you that's not going to be limited to a demographic. I have a ministry for you that's not just going to be local, HPC. It's going to be global. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I said it's going to be global. And so I have to expand the way you see. Oh, God, have mercy in here. And so Jesus tells them, watch this, hallelujah. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. You can't see it. Watch this. Because you're being led by your own appetites. They were hungry. They were more concerned with their need. God help me in here. Their desire. What they wanted. And Jesus was trying to teach them. If your desires ever become my desires, then you'll be able to see what I see. Ooh, God have mercy in here. But as long as you insist on being led by your own appetite, it'll be in front of you and you still can't see it. Jesus said, lift your eyes because your eyes are on yourself. Lift your eyes because your eyes are on this world. And if you ever learn, hallelujah, to sacrifice what you want to meet the need of another person, I'll expand your vision. I'll open your eyes so that you can see what I see, are you blessed in here? And I'll close with this. They're in a place called Sikar. When the disciples go get food, they go to Sikar. Where that woman is from is Sikar. When she left her water pot and she ran, you know where she ran? To Sikar. Here's the thing that blessed me. They both went to the same place. But they did not come back with the same thing. I said they both went to the same place. The disciples, watch this now, came back with food. She came back with souls. The disciples came back with meat. Hallelujah. She came back with a multitude. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
And the thing that blows me away and the thing that you need to catch about this story, hallelujah, is that she is a woman with a past. She's a woman that came to the well, hallelujah, thinking nobody else was going to be there because she didn't want to be the topic of discussion at the well because this woman had been married five times. Five times. Then she gave up her marriage altogether and was cohabiting with an individual. And so watch this. That's six men. But she was about to meet number seven. And number seven is the number of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. What? It's amazing to me that God will take a woman. And y'all better hear me. That God will take a woman who has a past. Who has been the topic of discussion at that well. That's why she don't want to be there early. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. But yet... After Jesus delivers her, he uses her. And this woman, she just got converted. And she can see what the men that have been walking with Jesus for a little while still cannot see. You don't hear what I'm saying. And let me tell you, hallelujah, for those of us, hallelujah, that have just kind of been wandering, following God, we better get it together. Because God is about to do a quick work, hallelujah, in some people that he just converted. And he's going to take the process out of the equation and he's going to start using people like this woman. He's going to open their eyes so they can see, hallelujah, what we who have been sitting here, hallelujah, trying to get meat only still have not seen. Because at the end of the day, hallelujah, I don't care how much meat you get. And I don't care how much you learn about God, hallelujah. If you're not about souls, you're not about God's agenda. The Great Commission does not get old, hallelujah. It's still the agenda of God. And God is saying, hallelujah, if you want to come into an individual harvest, you need to be about my harvest first. You need to be about my business and then I'll get in your business. She just got saved. And she's saving souls. And Jesus is trying to teach them. And I close, I'm closing. Jesus tells them, say not four months and then the harvest. The harvest is ready right now. Right now. Lift your eyes and watch this when Jesus sees the harvest he's not talking about blades of corn that are white and springing up when he says hallelujah the harvest is white and ripe he's looking at the multitude of men that that woman is bringing to him and he's saying don't just see the multitude coming do you not see what I see And as long as you are being led by your own appetite, you will always say, four months from now, it's going to be later. It'll happen in the future. And Jesus says, sing not. In other words, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. They were concerned with eating. 
Why do you think God has us not eating right now? Master, eat. He said, I have food you know not about. I have a mystery food. And then he gives it to us. He says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me, watch this, and finish that work. In other words, I'm not just going to start it. I'm going to finish it. And for every ministry that's in this place under the sound of my voice, I want to minister to you today. He who has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Are you blessed in here, church?